Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship podcast with the commish back in the seat is joined tonight on August 9th, a late Thursday night, as we watch the NFL get into the full swing of exhibition football. Here with me are the talented Robbie Fetcher, who's had a hard and rough week taking care of his three girls and getting ready uh, for Cincinnati, which is 10 days from now. Fetch, thank you for your contribution last week. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, and I got another week to prepare since now I'm not in Cincinnati. Well, <laughs> we don't know that, There's, uh, but you, uh, you did uh, elect to be a swing player for Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is a full sellout. I'm going to review the group uh, between now and next week's show to talk about some of the rookies. We've got a great – mix of first-year players and guys coming in uh, to play uh, that have been longtime Cincinnati players, a long time from day one. As a matter of fact, his father was the first uh, player ever to draft, uh, first uh, owner ever to draft a player in our Cincinnati League, and uh, Travis Cox was the number two guy that drafted uh, in, our, in our inaugural league in Cincinnati. Travis is in the middle of uh, the Crazy Nines draft, a draft that was designed for players to play their way into the big payback. Guys that automat- or don't, don't usually write that $1,000 check to get in the, in the big payback. Now, Travis, can you tell us who some of your opponents are? Because I figured we would set this up and some guys who never played in the league would jump in. And some did, but give us the name of some of these guys you're drafting against tonight. We're drafting with John Duckworth. Well, Johnny Duckworth won it uh, two previous years back to back. By the way, I won it last year. Big payback playing. I, I'm, I'm not talking about, about the big. We're talking about the real thing. Oh, we, <laughs> we don't want to talk about that level. No, we don't want to talk about what you did. He, he, he so Johnny Duckworth, this is the point that we're trying to drive home: is that we wanted to open this for guys that have never played in it, and fortunately, uh, we've got a good mix. So let's keep going, Travis. We have Johnny Duckworth and John Rose. Okay, now hold on. John Duckworth. John, well, no, no, we're going to no, take these one at a time. Not. You cannot. <laughs> and we're taking this one at a time. Johnny, uh, John Rozak won uh, uh, $9,000 across two big paybacks. He was champion of one and swept uh, the other two positions in the other one. Keep going, Travis. Should I say one or two or three? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Justin McCord. Now, Justin McCord deserves to be in that big payback. That's an excellent situation we also have rick ross rick ross rick ross from michigan he'll be in cincinnati drafting three times that's a great player mike mattingly mike mattingly is uh deserves to be in that big payback i hope he wins this thing mark salinas salinas is our champion from two years ago in the kffsc and we'll return to the big payback if he can win the ticket like travis cox did fetch did you hear you travis didn't think that i was going to put the fact in that he won the play-in, but we're going I'm to rarely talk. mentioned unless my name is called upon. Travis, Call upon, Tra- Travis. Keep talking. You've got the microphone. Jamie Cox. Jamie Cox is a hell of a guy here. We all know that. Yes, sir. Uh, we also have Johnny Lincoln. Keep going. <laughs> Kevin Williamson. Keep going. We also have Brent Hope. All right. Brent Hope is a rookie out of Minnesota. This is his first KFFSC experience. Uh, Lincoln and Williamson have, have been longtime players and have had some success. They've never played in the big payback, so I'm rooting for those guys too. And I saved the best two for last. Who are they? Jimmy Johnson and yours truly. Jimmy Johnson, who was going to join us on the podcast, and his truck broke down in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, and he was the saddest guy ever. we got to get him back behind the microphone. And Travis Cox, now will you tell us a little bit about what your team – you drafted out of what spot? 
I drafted from the sixth spot. Yeah. Uh, my team started out, obviously, because, you know, people are going to say I, I reached for this guy. Just tell us who you drafted. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Very good. Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Stephon Diggs. Doug Baldwin. Zach Ertz. Marvin Jones. Russell Wilson. Stop right there. That's a great core to get going with Fetching. Uh, Barkley's already showing his stuff tonight in the preseason. I know, just right off the bat, his debut first carry going for 39 yards. Uh, I assumed he would jump at least three spots in the ADP just because of that. Very little football work for me this week as I've been talking with players from around the league that, that I work with that are getting ready to play tonight. Uh, so I've had very little time to look at things from a fantasy perspective. The one thing that I did get a chance to watch very, very late last night is when I tuned in to the HBO's uh, this year's edition of the Hard Knock series. Uh, Travis, you've seen it? Yes, I have and seen fetch. it. I've saw clips, yeah. You know, it, it's um, one of the things that I'm I'm consistently disappointed in uh, is is the way this this series makes football players look. Now you, we went through the famous thing with Jared Goff, who we know Jared Goff's got to be a pretty sharp guy. But remember we went through this thing a few years ago when the Jeff Fisher edition of the Rams were on, and uh, Jared Goff didn't know about East or West, and uh, didn't know where the sun set, rose or set. East or West, and and that was a that obviously that was a problem. They're, they're, that was a bad marriage. Jeff Fisher <laughs> and Jared Goff, bad marriage. Yeah, well, they did. Yeah, when you don't know where the sun's coming up or setting, that is a bad marriage. But last night, um, Jarvis Landry initially came off uh, looking like the pro, and then he got into a meeting fetch with all his. Uh, the wide receivers, and he uh, went into a profanity-laden uh, speech, uh, which was broadcast in its entirety and was unimpressive. Then, Fetch, uh, we had an interesting thing happen with, with Baker Mayfield. Apparently, Baker Mayfield uh, was not wasn't aware that Bob Evans was a chain restaurant. Now, what do you think about well, that? He's from the Southwest, so yeah. you know I, they're they're eating grits, biscuits, and gravy type thing. So maybe he's not a breakfast yeah, well, guy. What, what, your daughters are how old, Fetch? They are uh, twelve and nine. And three. And, well, now even Finley Fetcher at three years oh, they've, old they've had knows that Bob Evans is around the country. You know, it's, um, it's a situation with, with our league this year that we um, are welcoming in a lot of new players, Fetch. That's why Cincinnati sold out so quickly. Uh, let's, take, let's take a look at Cleveland when it comes to new players. How many rookies do you think are going to make that the, club? A lot. I mean, they need a change of culture. I think that's kind of the thing Tra uh, Jarvis Landry they thought would bring, and he kind of thought that's what he was bringing, I think, to that wide receiver room. He thought he was bringing leadership. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure that's what he was doing. But uh, it's such a dif dysfunctional organization to me. I mean, you saw this week they traded a former first-rounder to Buffalo for a seventh-round pick. I mean, you don't get better in football – by drafting guy in first round and then turning it into a seventh round pick. Um, but again, Hugh Jackson's a guy I respect on the field. I think he's trying to do the right thing. And when you're doing something like this, you're going to have a lot of young players on the field. I mean, but, they're, they're going to put Callaway, they're going to find out what they got with Chubb. Again, I got to think Baker Mayfield's first uh, draft pick, he's going to see 
a lot of playing time because you've got to find out what what you got. And tonight he was impressive running a touchdown drive to start. The, and I will say who came off looking very, very much the leader and very much a quality guy was Tyrod Taylor. And I've never spent any time around Tyrod Taylor, but I, I can now see why everybody is so positive about him. I think our good friend Mr. Travis Cox was most blown away uh, by the Carl Nassib narrative of uh, the rule of sevens and how to make My your goodness. money grow in the bank, uh, uh, Travis. Uh, <laughs> if you want to see what dysfunction looks like in an organization, watch Carl Nassib talk about the rule of sevens. Yeah, that, that was uh, very interesting. And I also noticed, uh, you know, what's near and dear to my heart, are the financial managers that, that are licensed by the NFLPA and work very, very hard to bring this whole thing together for the players. Uh, there was complaint in, by Carl Nassib and his uh, minions there about the fact that you had to pay a financial advisor 1%. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But you know what, guys? Uh, we don't have to worry about that because Carl Nassib is not on our client Is he going to be the financial manager for the Cleveland Browns yes, players? He, he, is that what he's trying to do? <laughs> is that what he was selling? Well, no matter where they finish in the league this year, they're, they've, they've got over $100 million salary cap. So I hope someone invests that money. But it's not going to grow as quickly as Carl or as easily as Carl thinks it is by uh, burying that money in his backyard. Guys, our online drafts are moving right along. Uh, this Sunday night is um, our first main event draft. Uh, August 14th is a sellout. We have drafts online the 16th, 21st, 23rd, and 27th. There's multiple times on a couple of those days. It's growing. If you would like to draft online, as many of you do, please give me a call. You can supplement your live events. Fetch, we still have some openings in, uh, in I Want Vegas. Uh, Travis, uh, openings in Draft Masters. Your dad fell out of the Draft Masters this year. He's putting his talents somewhere else, mainly in Cincinnati. South Beach. Uh, and he's doing he's doing that too listen let's take a break and let's come back and talk a little football there's been a lot of things happened since we got back together let's take a look at where some players are going and see if we can give some advice to people on how to win the kffsc in louisville the 24th through the 26th and in cincinnati august 19th Second segment tonight on this rocking August 9th tonight where uh, Travis Cox is drafting a big payback play-in team. His $99 special is going to land him at the table. He will not have to write the $1,000 check fetch. Um, good luck, Travis. Travis, we uh, not so good luck uh, for the Washington Foreskins. Darius Geis with an early injury. Uh, fetch... Uh, Depending on the severity of this, um, who's who's back there behind him? 
Well, you've got a, a list of guys who uh, they seem to try a new guy every year. You've got um, Samaj P. Ryan, who they uh, went to late last year, the uh, second-year player out of Oklahoma. And before that, the undrafted Robert Kelly, who again got hurt last year uh, to give P. Ryan the job. So uh, it's been a carousel of running backs uh, as far as uh, their first and second down guy but again the guy who's going to take advantage of this once healthy is Chris Thompson because Alex Smith is the check down king it isn't isn't the excitement of Chris Thompson uh Travis uh isn't that the kind of player that you just can't wait to get on your team this year Chris Thompson yeah no Chris, no you, I, you don't I, love Chris I had, Thompson. Him, I I had him twice last year because I could get him well, in the 12th I hate that I got to get him in the sixth or seventh this well, year right if, Travis if the value spotter, if my spotter would tell me where Chris Thompson was drafted in the night, and my other spotter would possibly come in and contribute the fact of where Darius Geis was drafted into the well, tonight's draft. Chris Thompson went in the, in the eighth round. That's too high. Darius Geis went in the third round at pick seven. Uh, however, usually the, the player who's hurt wants to come back, Chris Thompson. He wants to come back. He wants to say, hey, I, I'm good no matter what happens. You're talking about Geis being hurt. No, I'm talking about Chris Thompson. Last like, year Andrew, being hurt. Yeah. Yes, but – just as early as two weeks ago, the guy said himself, I don't think my leg will be really 100% until November. Good information there, Travis. So, when the player says, I'm still hurt, <laughs> that's a problem. Who drafted him tonight in the eighth round? Uh, it was John Duckworth. John Duckworth. Why is, you can't call somebody out? You got to read the well, – you know, hey, that John Duckworth might believe on one leg – John Duckworth's uh, not worried about the sheriff, Travis. Uh, John Duckworth. The sheriff is back in town. Yeah, the sheriff is in town. And, and Johnny Duckworth might think that Thompson on one leg could hop down the field with 90 receptions. You know, one of the things that, that we've got to be very disappointed tonight, uh, well, disappointed in the future and glad to have him tonight, we have learned that um, Travis Cox, who is now um, – he's contributing – uh, to the podcast with a special brand of knowledge fetch. He's engineering the podcast uh, via the internet and the microphone. He is drafting in the crazy nines, and he's he's also giving me some spotting information on where certain players are going in the draft. Um, however, we are wounded by the fact to know that this podcast this week and next week will represent Travis's last two with us as he takes a break uh, moving into football season. We are... Uh, that wound uh, can be healed somewhat by uh, applying the salve of the smooth tones of Justin McCord, who's agreed to step into Travis's chair and keep it warm with him until um, he can return. Travis, uh, any thoughts about Pirine that you might have? I have no thoughts about Pirine. No thoughts ever. about Pirine. So basically, you are avoiding the Washington Redskins backfield? Well, for the price you have to get Geis and the price you have to get Thompson, who's hurt um, or says he is, and then P. Ryan's a, a you know a, a nobody to me right now. Yeah, I'm avoiding. Yeah, very good. You know, there's something you cannot avoid is the tight end position, and there's some mysteries after you get out of that top four or five. There's even beginning a bigger mystery uh, with Jimmy Graham. Uh, we've gone over tight ends ad nauseum before, but we we, we can't avoid it in talking about them because we've got to find a way to separate these players, not only for us, but especially for our guys that we're sending to the FFPC this year. So, Fetch, I'm going to throw you some tight ends. I'm going to throw them to you in a group of five. And I'm going to tell – I want you to tell me who's going to bust out with the most catches and the most touchdowns to start with. And I bet 
you won't agree with Travis Cox. Austin Hooper, Atlanta Falcons. Ricky Seals-Jones, who I believe is still working in the desert out in Arizona. Mike Jacecki, a rookie tight end down with the Miami Dolphins. Hayden Hurst with his red hair is uh, holding down that position for Baltimore, Travis. And O.J. Howard, one of my favorite players down at Tampa Bay, uh, Fetch, let's go to you first. Give me the number of receptions of that of those five. Who's going to lead the league? I, I think uh, of the, not the league, obviously. Of those, who's going to have the most? The five the man I, I go Austin Hooper. Yeah, I go about fifty-five catches, and I see him getting seven touchdowns this year. He's definitely uh, starting to develop a relationship with Matt Ryan. Of him compared to all these other situations, he's the only guy that's played with his quarterback before. He's he's one of the only guys that that may be, um, uh, may be the tight end that would be the, the true number one, um, the true number one Definitely. tight end. I guess you could say, though, down in Miami, the rookie tight end, I know you're high on both those guys. Travis, were you able to get Jacecki or and or Hurst tonight? I actually got both of them. I, and I took Ertz kind of early this week. I took him, not early, in the fifth round. Uh, and then I took my second tight end in the 16th round, Mike Jacecki, Third tight end in the 17th round, Hayden Hurst. So to wait that far, that's some pretty good value there. It's very important that we remind the listeners that we're working with a 28-round draft master format. How many tight ends? Is three going to be enough, or are you going to try to add another one? I'll take one more. I'll, I'll probably take Ertz back up, Dallas Goddard, who was taken pretty high in the mm-hmm. draft this year. Very good. All right, out of this group, who do you like the least, Travis? Out of my three? Out oh. of this five. Oh, uh, we throw in Gusecki Hurst, Seals Jones, Hooper, and Howard. Most likely Howard, and the reason being is he's going ahead of Cameron Brait right now. Cameron Brait finishes the 11th tight end last year in PPR. Uh, O.J. Howard is not shown any improvement over that time span. Oh, by the way, they gave um, Cameron Brait an extension this offseason. So all signs are pointing towards that either being the same or worse for Howard. Fetch the Harvard connection with Brait. And Fitz down in Tampa, is that one thing you can count on for Bucks players? I don't necessarily think. He liked Howard a little bit more when he did play his uh-huh. few games last year. But that kind of throws the mix in there, and that's the reason I do not – even though I think he's one of the most talented of those five playing at Alabama high guy. Yeah. The, the combination of two quarterbacks are going to be playing in Tampa, you don't know that situation, is one of the reasons I'm a little down on O.J. Howard. We haven't talked about Ricky Seals-Jones. I remember him as a very angular tight end, perhaps not as perhaps not as uh, hefty, it might be the word, as some of these other guys. Uh, am they I, they I had Gresham in that back in that tight end room last right. year, too. He was very professional, was more their blocking guy. But, again, you got Bradford, who's going to play four weeks. You got Rosen, who thinks he's the best quarterback <laughs> in the league. I don't see them being big for Ricky Seals Jr., who was in the system last year with Carson and still didn't put up huge numbers. Hayden Hurst looks like a very interesting player. I think he's the one. He's the one here that I see the wild card that I see is the highest ceiling. Is that possible? Anybody agree with me? I think the highest ceiling is Jacecki, but I like Hayden Hurst because he's kind of their. Um, and what's their GM's name? Um, was it uh, Ozzie Newsom? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. His, his last draft. His last, his draft. last draft. He wants to get that Todd Heap back. This could be the, the Todd Heap of the future. You know, the tight end position at uh, at Baltimore has been cursed over the last few Definitely. years. So I hope if Hayden Hurst can take that position, uh, he'll play it for a good long time. One of the guys that that can't seem to get anything straightened out, and it doesn't look like you can count on him for a good time 
or a long time is now Oakland Raider wide receiver Martavis Bryant. We're, we're finding an idea that Martavis cannot grasp the playbook. Fetch, what do you think about when a report comes out 10 days into the season or 10 days into the preseason that you're looking at a guy that's a veteran player that can't grab the playbook? Well, at I, the receiver I, position. I, again, it, it, it's a new system for him. Uh, if anybody has ever watched the Fired Football Coaches Association, which is the show John Gruden likes to do with all the quarterbacks coming in, John Gruden does not have an easy system. It's long, it's complicated, and. Um, our friend Brian has, seems to have all those little issues, whether it be um, substance abuse keeping him off the field or whatever. He's not a coach's best friend, I guess, is what you would say. Uh, but the talent is still there, and I think they will still put him in the red zone and say, go get that ball. So he's still, as a late-round guy, you know, because he's dropping. I think because of these reports and because people worried about Spence, he's dropping. So he's the kind of guy I would take a flyer on because the man can go catch the ball. We've got it in real time. Travis Cox can take a look at the Raider receivers and give us a rundown on Bryant, who we first of all liked. And we saw that Jordy Nelson's uh, position has been depressed in the draft after the signing of Bryant. Where do those two guys go tonight, Travis? Jordy Nelson went in the 10th round. Um, Martavis Bryant – well, his name has escaped me. I just had Who grabbed that. Nelson in the tent? Nelson was Mark Salinas. Yeah, Mark's always been a big Jordy Nelson fan. Martavis so. Bryant went in the 13th round uh, to Mr. Brent Hope. And let's talk about Cooper, where Amari Cooper went. Was a fourth rounder, perhaps? It was actually surprising. He went in the third round. Yeah. Uh, Rozak took him. Yeah, very good. So that's, there's a there's an idea. We know that ball is going to be flying around out in Oakland. Somebody's got to catch those. And if the offense is a successful at all, um, there's three wide receivers that in those rounds should be bargains. I, I thought you believed Marshawn Lynch was going to carry the ball every play. Uh, he's going to carry the ball 500 times this year. <laughs> <laughs> Marshawn Lynch lasted until the 10th round here tonight, Travis? Marshawn Lynch went to the 10th round, yes. You know, uh, I was speaking with Danny Gibson, who did a uh, football guys draft uh, last night, and he grabbed Marshawn in the in the eighth round. Eight, nine, and ten, I'm all for Marshawn. I, I, I'm glad we're talking about this. I was sitting at the Circle K. I got to bring up this story with my girls after um, going to the eye doctor. Mm -hmm. Look over. My daughter says, "What does Raider Nation mean?" <laughs> There's this. Which big, one said big that? Because I told Finley Fetcher <laughs> already. I told the three-year-old what it means. So there's a big decal on the front of the windshield of this old truck that says Raider. <laughs> and I have a picture. I had to take a picture for my good friend Farrell. Raider Nation, somebody's ready for football. And the guy walks out in a Raider jersey, so you know he's ready. Did you did you roll your window down and yell out, Kirk Blakeman, is that you? That's <laughs> no, one, of, no. one of Raider Nation's. <laughs> hey, tell me, uh, Travis, you've really got your hand on uh, the pulse of – all the young players entering the league. Tell me who D'Angelo Yancey is. D'Angelo Yancey is somebody that the Packers drafted last year. I believe it was in the fifth round. Uh, he's a decent-sized guy. I think he's 6'1". Um, doesn't run very fast, but he has some sure hands. And, and he's starting to get some, not first-team reps, but he, he's played with Rodgers, they call it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was wondering what they meant by that. It, it said that he didn't take first-team reps, but he's taken snaps with Rodgers. On um, football, guys, it says – uh, that he may um, that he may be getting first team reps as uh, as we move through the preseason. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about how we don't want to be in the Jets um, in business with many of the Jets this year. My old pal, 
I had often forgot about him, but my old pal, waiver wire pickup, Quincy Inua. Uh, he did very good. The uh, <laughs> Quincy, where's where's what's uh, what's the news with Quincy Fish? I mean, he he's looking to be their um, slot receiver. Uh, I think they're wanting to utilize him there as a bigger tight end kind of guy mm-hmm. who can catch the ball over the middle. I mean, they're very happy with the speed and the big playability of Robbie Anderson. And Curse has come over and been that professional receiver that he always was in Seattle. But I do think there's a spot for a new way, and it's going to be a team that's going to be behind a lot. That's your key for the Jets. Yes. That's the thing that you're hanging your hat on. Right. They're going to be behind for a, a lot. You know, the first guy that that I think announced that Teddy Bridgewater was on the trade block, everyone's talking about it now. Travis Cock had it back in uh, in early July. Um, uh, Travis, if, if Quincy went to a back, if you could, if you could pick a team for Teddy to go to as a backup quarterback, where would it be? I got a place picked out, but I want to hear what you're thinking. I would love him in Tampa Bay. Fetch. I would love him in like a Minnesota. I think he would be a great fit in Denver. And Fetch, I'll remind you, he came from Minnesota in that chapter. (laughs) (laughs) chapter (laughs) Let's keep it simple. He knows the system. He also knows where the airport is. They put him on a plane (laughs) and sent him out. Guys, let's take a break. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about the draft. You can always go home, Farrell. You You can can always go home. You can always go home. Everybody can, but Jordy Nelson won't. Let's take a break, Travis. Football State Championship podcast returns for another segment. Fetch Travis Cox is busy uh, drafting in tonight's Crazy Nines, which is a big payback play in contest going 28 rounds. Best ball. Travis, what round are you on? We are in round 24. If you want to get to a round 24, if you want to draft in 28 rounds, Fetch, there's one more spot left in the Draft Master Championship. Uh, on Saturday, 3.30 at the Horseshoe. I want to thank everyone across the league for coming in early, the new guys for coming in early. And I've got a a sheet here of guys that have played before, and many of them that I expect to still play. I'm holding it up for Fetch and Travis to look at. And there's a lot of names on here, and there's guys that I know are going to play. And and Fetch, I'm running out of places to put them. Hey, that's a good problem to have. And are we going to have another uh, one of these play big bayback play-ins? Because I'd like to play in another one. We we, I think we may have one preseason. If we don't, we'll certainly have one uh, in the um, in, in the midseason leagues, which really aren't midseason. They're more like the end of September, early right. October. That was a thing we started recently, and those are uh, uh, best ball. Uh, some are best ball. Some are managed, but. It's a great deal of fun, and a lot of guys that for whatever reason couldn't get in the draft or didn't get to draft as much as they wanted or think they've discovered a new idea 
of how to draft and, and players that they want have joined those and really loved them. And it's the same guys that kind of play in them every year. So those are sort of growing in popularity. But, yeah, I, I think it's really good. And, you know, this year – very early on, we sold out the uh, big payback championship, the morning edition and the afternoon edition. A lot of guys stepping up uh, with the $1,000 uh, buy-ins. But one of them who didn't is in tonight's draft. He is Jimmy Johnson, and Jimmy Johnson's a big payback play-in He's winner. He's like me. He wants, to, he, he wants to get in cheap. We want to be in it, but, we you know, we, we, we want to uh, – Nobody likes money. writing that $1,000 no, check, Pasha. No. I uh, – uh, speaking of big checks, I received payment from Brad Cruz today on his leagues, and you know it's the first time Brad's had to write a big check that big. He uh, he did not have a good year in Kentucky, but he's not crying. He tore them up in Las Vegas. He and his brother <laughs> Tim last year. There you know, uh, Travis, uh, with all the changes going on in your world, I understand why you're not going to Las Vegas this year. Same with you, Fetch. I look forward to the days. When uh, my running buddies are out there with the sheriff, as you're calling me, uh, you certainly won't be calling me that in Las Vegas. Uh, I want Vegas fetch four openings on Sunday. I want Vegas two openings on Saturday. Our is, old is friend. Is that my league? Is that my league? There's four I, I openings. I think you. I think you Come might play. Be. I, guys, I have to j just show pity on me. I have to win. I've already committed to Farrell. I'll be in Vegas and. September. Yeah, you've already bought your ticket. Uh, 2019. <laughs> so my ticket's there. I need to win this Vegas league. Now it's going to be a lot of fun. I played in it last year. It's one of the uh, funnest leagues because you're playing for a great prize. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Vegas? You know, you're competing against Darren Larson and Brad Petrie, Craig Campbell, uh, Jerry Gagle, who won that last year and will be drafting live on Friday night at the FFPC. Kirby and Melissa Barker. Uh, Scratchfield and Ottersbach, they're a great team. Leroy Corson, Johnny Lincoln, and uh, Jimmy Johnson, who we've mentioned several times in tonight's podcast. Fetch, that's a good lineup. I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> Take pity on me. Take pity <laughs> on you. me. I think you'll be all right. I, I'm not – you know, one of the problems that I hate, and this is the only negative aspect of, of this job of being a commissioner for this league – is when you have to tell a guy no. And I've had two guys call me this week about Cincinnati, one guy that's played in it before, and I've had to tell him no because we've got 72 players playing in Cincinnati. I can't get 12 more by, by the 19th. Um, and even if I could, I don't know if I want to because you've got to change um, adding players and bringing players in. You've got to move away from that and make sure that you're doing everything to have the kind of events you want for the players that signed up way back in May, actually way back in January when guys said, Farrell, keep my winnings, I'm going to play it next year. So that's what the focus is on right now. Um, in Louisville uh, for Sunday, there's still essentially 12 spots available uh, Saturday night, eight maybe as many as 20 available if I decide to open up another set of table but we got a lot of names here and I need to hear please make sure I'm in there Farrell. yes sir you're in play, there play, you're, you're doing sure good. I, I you know I, I I don't mind which ones I do it but I need some teams I mean fetch, I, I got to put my knowledge to work you are not going to get left on the shore fetch I can certainly uh I, I can certainly attest to it and promise you that uh Travis let's let's look there's some bargain players that you're in now in the last 10 rounds as this draft has moved on 
throw us up some names and we'll discuss them if we think they're a bargain and you, let's just let's just deal with that you're looking at your board fetch and i aren't give us some information as to what round who got him and who went before him and who went after him i like rashad penny in the seventh round uh that's someone that fell a little bit with the chris carson news who got him um, Jamie Cox. Jamie Cox. Papa stolen Cox. from stolen from son. Right. So just so he knows. did. He, who went before him and who went after him? Before was Devin Funches. After was Jamal Williams. Tell us about Penny Fetch. What do you know? Big running back. Seattle drafts him in the first round, so you got to believe that they believe in him. But man, we all know Pete Carroll loves competition. Haven't right? you been bitten in the ass, Travis? Enough with those Seattle running backs. No, I. You know, I. I still like. Them. <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep coming back. Farrell still likes Marshawn Lynch. So. Yeah. <laughs> They're just a running back producing team. I mean, they, they always have someone getting 15 points. It's so move off Penny and find another guy. Uh, off of Penny, I think I'll go with Kenny Galladay in the 14th round. Kenny Galladay in the 14th round. Fetch, I can't believe this player is still on the board in the 14th round. A couple of the receivers he told me back, uh, especially in a, in a – Big payback league. You want touchdowns, guys. And I got to believe Galladay's going to be that guy in uh, Detroit. I took Galladay last year in the FFPC in the 12th round, and people were kind of looking at me. They know who he is. But, you know, some of those drafters out there, not the live drafters uh, sometimes, not quite as sharp as some of our guys. And they were looking at me about Galladay. And, you know, Galladay went out. Of course, I didn't start him in the first game, but he went out and scored 20 points. And then he was injured. We didn't hear from him a little bit. Travis, uh, Galladay is a player that you're targeting this year? I do target Galladay. I don't want to give up exactly the round. We're getting close to the draft Who went now. before and after him? Before Galladay was Josh Dotson. After Galladay was Marquise Lee. Can, can can you tell him who you took the round before that? That's the one that's really surprised the, you. You mean the round actually? Yeah, have you stacked some receivers up, Travis, well, on your team? No. So what I did was I, in the 13th round, my sixth receiver – he was wide receiver number 49 overall in the draft, Devontae Parker. I don't like this guy. It's not a favorite pick of mine. But the, the value. Guy, God, the guy finished 36 overall last year, and he went as the 49th wide receiver after losing. 36 overall in our in, our in, in PPR. And you know, in, in, but, you know, he, he got one touchdown. But they just lost Jarvis, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Well, that, that's I, I, that's one hundred and twelve. What's catches. his ADP? Do you know? Do you have that in front of? You? I cannot his, believe his ADP it. is around the the thirty eight to the forty mark. That's what he usually goes at. You know he'll go higher here well, because of the Kentucky, Cardinal yes. fans. You know, and I, we don't have that many of the guys in the draft tonight, and I think that's why that player is available. Give us somebody else, Fetch, uh, uh, Travis. <laughs> Uh, the next one, I think I'll go with Matt Breida. It's Matt Breida, San Francisco running back. How many carries for Matt Breida this year? Phil? I would say 200. 200, Travis? 200 for Breida? Yeah, I think wow. so. I, I think he's So that's a even carry. a bigger steal That's interesting. Then. 14th uh, round, 200 carries. Who before, who before and who after? Uh, before was Tyler Lockett. After was Chris Ivory. Who's Breida's competition? Uh, Joe Williams. Yeah. Joe, yeah, but, they but get I, I think he's carries. well ahead of that. And and McKinnon, I mean, I think that's a great matchup. You know, we don't really want to handcuff guys, but that's almost two guys you can play because they're different roles. And can we go back to Parker just for a second? You love Parker. You love Parker. I, he said he didn't he, like him. He didn't him. like he him, but like he's him. falling in love with him <laughs> no, no, now and, that he got him. Travis, is, uh, he, he tells me he's not a value drafter. but that That's a not, value that's pick. <laughs> what do you want to say about Parker? Son? He missed four games. Five, really, if you count the game in yeah. Tennessee where he exited early. Missed five games, 57 catches, 670 yards off 96 targets. When he played, the, the dude averaged over 13 points a game. His last four were 14, 
11, 12, and, and 12. All with Jarvis Landry in that receiving court, too. All with Jarvis Landry in there. His All with Jarvis Landry I, I, I elevating a, his I play. think it's a better pick than you do, and you picked him. I know. Even, even his first few, 12, 21, 12. Maybe I'm just holding an evil grudge fetch against the Parker player. And, but, well, you know, he was – I'll tell you one thing. He missed five games. He was hurt, Fetch. He wasn't injured. And now, when you go back well, to Jarvis Landry, when you go back to Jarvis Landry last night, talking to those guys and saying in his profanity-laden in, uh, diatribe that he read in the receiver room, you guys that aren't injured need to get <laughs> in the game and be playing in practice. I just want to mention this, though. We, we, we talk about this. We've been burnt by a guy. Yeah. A lot of people got burnt by Todd Gurley in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people took advantage of that in 2016. You cannot hold grudges in fantasy football. Travis, uh, Travis enough of these value picks. Let's go through one through six because I think everybody wants to know where these players lined up. Oh, the, the first six picks. One through six, yes, sir. And tell us who drafted them. Uh, John Duckworth takes Zeke, which I totally agree with, as number one overall. Uh, then you have Jimmy Johnson took Todd Gurley. Uh, Kevin Williamson took Le'Veon Bell. Uh, fourth, John Rozak, David Johnson, our own Justin McCord, Alvin Kamara at five, and then myself, Saquon Barkley at six. Okay, now I have a question. That, that That's a – who would you have picked if you didn't take Barkley? If I didn't take Barkley, I was going to go OBJ. That's okay. You I, knew I that. that. So, I, so I would have took DeAndre Hopkins. But yeah, that's, I would have taken Hopkins too, but you know where he's going to yes, land. Yes. Now, last year, about that middle of that first round, some people were reaching that high to get Mike Evans. Evans is Mike yeah. Evans still in the third or fourth round now? Where is he? Rozak took him early too. Mike yeah. Evans in the second round. Right. Interesting. Second, early, third is where I'm the saying. Ta- you know, then that just falls in kind of with that it's what. early. It's, yeah, it's just, but it falls in with what Fetch play, is saying. He's that player, Todd Gurley type, that went real he's high and expecting. Yeah. And he should come. The, the caveat to that is just this weird quarterback situation in Tampa. Plus the uh, schedule, the early schedule Schedule's is tough. Now, yeah. this is a 16-week league, but their early schedule is really, really tough. Now, here's the situation. Where did Mark Ingram get drafted? Mark Ingram actually went in the fifth round. Okay, now why? Who picked him? Uh, it was Rick Ross. All right, Rick Ross, I'm picking on you up there in Michigan a little bit because I have to ask you something. Rick Ross, you have taken Ingram in the fifth round. Now, he's going to miss how many games, Fetch? Four. He's going to miss four games, and then in week five or six, uh, there's a bye week. So, you're, you've got to get to the through the 11 weeks. But but you're not worried about winning losses this tunnel point league so I think that makes a no I'm bit. I'm talking about I'm talking about all leagues last night uh, I looked through several drafts and you're right here it's better it's a little different but yes. I've looked through several drafts and Ingram is going off the board fourth fifth sixth round well even then don't just look at the round look at what number he was taken as position wise so Mark Ingram went I believe it was like the 29th running back uh huh. In that range, even missing five games, if Ingram kept 12, 15 points a game like he was having last year, he's going to finish well above 29th running back. Perhaps so, but if you've got guys, give me some running backs in the seventh and eighth round. Uh, none to speak of that are going to finish over him, in my opinion. If you're not, you if have, you're not taking a receiver there, though, he's almost your second running back. He's your uh, second running back. I, I would need a receiver there. The, the, uh, well, Rick he, Ross's lineup. Who are his running backs? Running back. He took Kenyon Drake, Alex Collins, Ingram. Yeah, he's in a big position, Alex Collins guy. And that I'm not a big Alex Collins yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, you, you're in not. in his position, Mark Ingram made sense there. He, I, I like it a lot, actually. Uh, now, the, the seventh-round running backs, 
where Tariq Cohen, Isaiah Crowell, Marlon Mack, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, the only two I'd rather have over Ingram in this case would be Penny and Williams. Yeah, Penny and Williams in the seventh round, and I think I would rather have them too. I, You know, players just don't flip that light switch and run back on that field. Fetch, you've been in coaching a long time. You know that goes through, through all athletics. I mean, it's a situation that I don't know when Ingram will be ready for our fantasy players. And, look, I want our guys to win. I want everybody – we got guys playing in enough leagues where we got enough trophies to hand around to a lot of players. But one of the things that I want our guys to do, we're sending seven guys – that we're paying for to play in the FFPC. And I want everybody to recognize that that's an 11-week league to get in the playoffs. And guess what? They don't have a wild card system like we do. So, I, you know, I want those guys to go out there and bring home uh, the big money. And it's been done before. And I, I think perhaps, uh, you know, we had one of the – Appletonians, Mr. Kurdall is our 2017 reigning champion. I look for the day when one of our guys has earned his way with a $300 entry to sit at that table in Vegas and win and come back here with a quarter million dollar prize. Fetch, it could probably be you. Let's hope so. 2019, I'm there. You already know that you're there. Travis, it could be you. You know, that would pay for some nice college for uh, the little one. And of course, you're going to have eight kids. So, you know, I, uh, weddings. I think it's not wedding, right Weddings I, is I what we have to worry about, off. Travis. You, know, <laughs> Travis you, you just paid for one wedding. You know what that wedding in 25, 20 years is going to oh, cost. Oh, God. yeah, that is. That is <laughs> oh, my God. Call, come on. I got softball. I'll tell him about softball sports. We can get that college paid you for. Know, it's I'm our wedding. We want to have four kids. I'm ready for that. I'm just not ready for the wedding. That's, for all, that's a lot of money, and I feel like I'm going to be blessed boys. with all girls instead of boys on accident. So we'll see what happens, but, uh, you know, that's going to be an expense I'm not exactly ready for just yet. An expense that you should be ready for is to play in the KFFSC. You'll never get a bargain better than a $300 entry for what we're bringing to you. And we want you to come and play the entire weekend. We've got two auction leagues that we've sold out. Remember when we couldn't dig up 12 guys for an auction league? Now we got two, we got two auction leagues going. Uh, Justin McCord will handle one, and Robbie Fesher will handle the other one. Uh, we may have an announcement at the end of the week that we have one um, of our live Keeper Leagues, uh, Keeper League teams. Uh, available to be adopted uh, if you're listening to the show and, and you've been thinking about playing fantasy football with us online dates are still available if you can't make the trip to to uh, Louisville however um, a good friend from LA Jeff Joaquin bought a ticket a round trip ticket to, uh, from LA today at a great price on Southwest Airlines if there if you have the will there is a way to play in the KFFSC fetch oh yes everybody wants to be there Gosh, it's so – what, are we a week and a half from Cincinnati? week and a half from Cincinnati. <sighs> Cincinnati is a blast. We have uh, uh, 72 teams uh, playing. And, and, Travis, today uh, I spent three hours over at the casino working on the menu and working on the event. And just for you, I have fried chicken being served for lunch on Sunday. Well, that's unfortunate. I don't like fried chicken. Just for you, see, I, I, I kind of knew that. Thing. It's I, I, I kind of knew that, and I wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> we'll also be having some burgers uh, for you, Travis. Travis, you've got the board in front of you. You've got a couple more rounds to go. Can you share us any more wisdom before we sign off? What would you like to know? I would like to know wisdom, Travis. I would like wisdom from what, Travis Cox. What, I want what, you to say something really what important. What team do you like out there in the NFL that people are kind of down on? You think that maybe there's some value in this draft? Call me a homer, 
but the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, you good. and Taylor Casey, he's got that stuff it, tattooed on it's, it's not even if I weren't a Bengals fan though, you gotta okay. look at look at it like this. They got a if he didn't have that incident in Oklahoma, Joe Mixon, if he didn't have his you know, whatever he had, incident go on, the guy would have been in the first round, likely in the top fifteen picks of the okay. draft two years ago. Or a year ago, sorry. Uh, this guy lost almost fifteen pounds this offseason. Talking about Mixon. Mixon. Okay. He on PFF Pro Football Focus. He was one of the slowest running backs on a per play basis with the pads on. Uh, now in the preseason, I just looked it up. He was pretty fast tonight. He's leaner and cleaner. Uh, if you watch his, he lined up on the outside, which one of the big qualms with him is he's not going to catch passes because Gio Bernard is. Tonight, one of the first drives of the game, he lined up as a receiver on the far end of the field, caught a pass. It was a ten yard in, broke a tackle. Spun off another guy, scored a touchdown. This guy looks fast. He looks mean. Then you have A.J. Green. You have Tyler Eifert, Andy Dalton, Giovanni Bernard, John Ross even. Sounds like the same guys from last year, buddy. But, but it's a new and improved offense. Bill Lazor, second year. This could really blow up. They have a good defense. They have a good offense Yes, now. they do. And if, that is the, if their defense holds up to what it was last year and their offense takes a little bit of a step forward – you're going to want a piece of this offense. I, I think Eifert's the key there because it, that's what hurt him last year. It just but him not being there. He brings he brings a presence in the middle of the field that NFL defenses have to account for. That opens things for Green and Mixon. And if he stays healthy, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. And then, too, you just can't deny the playmaking ability of A.J. Green. And then even no one's going to like this, but John Ross, the, the, the guy's electric. And you'll see it this year. He didn't have a, a great game tonight, but uh, he caught one of five targets. <laughs> in the game, um, in the 2018 NFL season, as our good friend Sean Ligon will always say, you know what, A.J. Green, he's going to give you five good games. You just got to figure out when they're going to be. <laughs> Hey, Travis Cox, you give us a good effort every time you come in the room. We appreciate your contribution. Thank you very much. Fetch, thank you for taking the night off or the late evening off with the girls. Any final comments well, I, before I just, we break? You know, since the, uh, since, uh, the inmates ran the asylum last year, can we get an Omaha from the sheriff tonight just saying it's his show back? Give me an Omaha. No, Omaha. You know, Peyton Farrell, Manning's Farrell the sheriff in. there. They, you know. Final thoughts. Farrell comes in. You know, we had a, we had a good episode last time. He's like, yeah, you have mixed results, babe. You know, it's just. The sheriff. And then he comes in. Hey, write this down. Hey, do your draft. Hey, do <laughs> anything else, Farrell? Can, can we help you out some more? Travis, let me tell you something. To who many gifts are given, much is expected. And we have much expected from you. <laughs> Guys, we have much expected from all of you when we see you draft a championship team at this year's KFFSC. Openings are still available August 24th through 26th in Louisville. We're sold out in Cincinnati, but we can get you uh, to draft online and then come join us in Louisville. Give me a call at 502-523-5057. Good night, everyone. Football is back.